Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode number five. This is a very, very, very exciting one because I have a, a extremely talented musician uh, here with me. Ah, oh, thank you. <laughs> this is Glasses. Um, I randomly found him on Instagram on like one day, just scrolling through my feed and all the hashtags that I follow. And like, oh, that's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> my mind was literally blown after I saw like what what glasses uh, can do with his hands. Um, and before we start kind of like, talking and 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 discussing, I want to show a quick clip so you can get an idea of what to expect. So yeah, as you can see, this man has probably two brains, seven arms, and I don't know, maybe maybe he's an alien, but it's it's just personally, I'm I'm always blown away anytime I see anything, oh, anything that he does. I just have one non-functioning brain. <laughs> by the way, <laughs> it That's works awesome. on coffee. Right. I mean, yes, I, I can definitely relate to that. Um, <laughs> So yeah, Glasses, please uh, tell me a little bit more about your background, your history, kind of like how you became to play seven different pianos and, and, and drums at the same time. And, you know, we can we can go from there. Well, I was born in 1921. <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, so I, I, I was born in Israel and I grew up in Israel. Just like you. Well, no, you weren't born there, but you. Yeah, I grew up in Israel as well. So, yes. Yeah. You know, I grew up playing violin and piano. Okay. I ditched the violin at one point. I, I was tired of it, but I stuck with the piano and um, I played classical for, you know, for a few years and then uh, switched to jazz in high school or even before high school. Actually, I got really into jazz and uh, obsessed with it, basically, and, and uh, <laughs> you know, started just um just studying that and practicing that all the time. And then uh, later on, like after I graduated from high school, sort of, I didn't really graduate, but let's say I, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, I got into synthesizers and electronic music. Um, and actually what turned me on to that was uh, uh, Radiohead. Like they were the band that nice. when I, when I discovered them, I was like, Oh my God, what are these beautiful sounds? I want to know how to make them. <laughs> So uh, a lot of people get to electronic music from like uh, EDM, you know, that kind of side of it. But I, yeah, I got there more from like the indie, you know, British rock side. Uh, but anyway, so ever since then, I've been, you know, trying to just combine all my influences into one uh, classical, the jazz and the indie electronic stuff. And I moved to the U.S. Uh, five years ago, been living here, making music, um, touring with some people and uh eating a lot <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome uh, so uh where in the u.s are you right now so uh i live in oregon and uh, portland okay cool so what made you come to the u.s well i wanted to move here for a long time i mean israel is is great there's a cool music scene there but it's very small yeah there aren't a lot of opportunities uh especially for people who want to, um, you know, write music, uh, in English, which I always have because my main influences have been in English. Um, yeah. I mean, now there's actually a much bigger scene than there was say like 10 years ago. Like I had a band in Israel 10 years ago and it was very hard to, to really break through, you know, like with writing in English, people were all the time, like asking us like, why aren't you singing in Hebrew? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> 
that was not the only reason, but that was one of the reasons. And, you know, I knew that here there are just endless opportunities. It's a huge country. Like you can yeah, travel, you can tour. I mean, you know, because you've lived in Israel, like if you want to tour in Israel, you can, you basically have to fly to Europe. <laughs> There's no <laughs> touring <laughs> in Israel. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Takes you a couple hours and you're like, okay, well, this is it. And the country is yeah. over. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, you know, I wanted to be able to travel, tour, uh, play music. Um, you know, I've, I've been like a synth head for quite a while now. So, <laughs> oh, you know, I, the, I feel the, you, man. Yeah, you, I can see behind you. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, the idea of like also working with the manufacturers, like I was always kind of nerding out about that. Stuff, oh, absolutely. You know, like, yeah, that, I want to work with them. Yeah. That's definitely like some uh, like a, a cool thing that you can basically only experience here. If you live in a different country and you are talented and you want to like collaborate with like synth manufacturers or like different musicians, you don't really have a lot of options. You yeah. know, unless there's a local like synth manufacturing like in Israel or like a local shop. You know, you can. I like, don't know of any any shop yeah, in Israel. That makes I, sense. I don't think there is anything yeah. right now. But yeah, it's like you're very limited in your options, and like you said, you like, probably end up either flying to Europe or just moving somewhere else. Yeah, because there's just like so much more opportunity. So yeah, I know you've worked with Arturia, correct? Well, actually, I haven't worked with Arturia, but I have worked oh. with. I've worked with Nord and with uh, Sequential. I work a lot. Sorry, Sequential. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. I don't know why. I, I think I was thinking about Arturi because I was just uh, looking at their new like uh, V Collection 8 and whatever. Yeah, uh, they make some awesome stuff as well. You know, I'm not uh, exclusively working with one company. You know, I'm, I... Uh, no, of course. I'm, and and the, the beautiful thing about, uh, I think, the synthesizer world and also gear in general is that especially with these smaller manufacturers, it's not like super competitive. They're all kind of friends with each other. And, you know, right. at, at least they appear that way. I don't know, like, <laughs> uh, you know, behind closed doors, maybe they hate each other, but, but, uh, I, I don't but, think so, man. You know, they're always like, they're, they're, you know, you go to Nam, you meet all these guys, they're always chatting. They're having a good time together. You know, like even uh, when uh, Bob Moog was alive, I know he was a good, good friend with Overheim and Dave Smith. So, there there's this really nice feeling of you know you collaborate with all these different companies you don't feel like you have to stick with one because you know they're very competitive or something so no absolutely cool. the entire kind of like uh, synth community is like it's very like welcoming and and very open to people who like maybe just want to get get started or you know it's completely foreign to them i feel like at least from my personal experience just you know when I first got into yeah. all of this world, it was always kind of like, oh, okay, cool. Like everybody's so like nice and, and want to teach and share. And I don't know, it's like you feel, okay, yeah, I can do this. It doesn't feel like behind closed doors. And if you don't know what you're talking about, like you're not welcome, you know? So that was super yeah, nice. Yeah. When did you get into synthesizer? Oh man. Uh, like initially, I think I was like, a teenager uh i wasn't really into synthesizers back then i was just like discovering like fruity loops and you know hey i can make you know electronic music on my computer and mm -hmm. it was just such a, like a mind-blowing experience i'm like oh my god look at this like this is so cool i don't have any professional training like i've never taken any like lessons or you know i don't know how to like read music or like play the actual piano hey i can still do this without having any of like the professional uh knowledge or training yeah so i kind of like started with fruity loops and dabbling and then like I, I went to cubase and you know got like my first midi controller like from m audio i think it was uh, and it was always something i was like super into but never took seriously it was just like always there um and only like recently i, I would say like in the past like five six years Basically, after my first uh, son was born, I was like, this is like, I, I need this. This is something that I didn't realize how important part of it is uh, like, uh, in my life. And so I just like started getting more serious into it and, you know, like started my YouTube channel, and, like now doing this podcast and, um, you know, releasing music on, on Spotify and stuff. And, you know, just meeting so many cool people, like the more I get into it, it's just I, I, I love it so much. <laughs> 
That's awesome, man. And yeah, and, and with all the money we make on Spotify, we can buy another knob for our. <laughs> you know? yeah. It's great. Is, it's funny you brought this up because I think I just I just passed the thirteen dollars mark that I made off of my streams. Amazing. Well, maybe a oh, Behringer man. will make something for thirteen dollars. <laughs> a knob nice. clone. I see what you did there. <laughs> Um, so I want to know more about like your actual process when you play, because like, again, like watching your videos and like how you play melody with your right hand and then bass and drums at the same time with your left. Like, can we like dive deep on that? This is, yeah, yeah, you know, this for is sure. just, it's crazy to me. Like, how do you do that? How did you learn to do that? Well, I, I got the idea, uh, to do something like that, like maybe 10 years ago. Um, and what I did is I, uh, I bought this Roland uh, Phantom workstation that I was using live and you could split the keyboard into like 16 zones if you want. Oh, wow. Okay. So I, I, I kind of experimented with splitting like a few notes of an octave uh, into like a drum zone and then the zone right next to it into bass. And then I could like play both. Nice. And I started like just practicing that for fun. And then I was like, you know, this is cool, but it would be better if I could actually drum on some, you know, pads pad, or something. Yeah. So um, I ended up uh, just buying like a little uh, uh, pad controller, but it was like just 16 pads. And I put it like at a 90 degree angle to like the keyboard. And then I would like play the key with my thumb and drum. <laughs> on that and i actually made a video like that if you go to one of the first videos on my youtube channel um you'll see it i uh i worked like for months on that i practiced it um i played a really simple beat and i played the bass with my thumb and then like some arpeggios and stuff in my right hand and i i was singing as well so i did this like oh really God. difficult thing <laughs> and i remember like i made that I, I recorded it and then i was like god i'm never doing this again so was just <laughs> way, this was exhausting you know right <laughs> so i actually I, I did i stopped doing that for like a very long time for years i kind of ditched that idea but then when i after i was living here in the states i think i was in guitar center or something and i saw this uh, akai mpk mini this guy which right you here. have right there yeah exactly <laughs> and i saw it at, uh, at guitar center i was like hmm you know I could probably like drum on this and the keyboard is right under it. And then I could play the bass part. Maybe I should give that a shot again. Um, so I bought it. And then instead of uh, like working on one, like five minute song, that's like super difficult and trying to, you know, nail a take of that. I said, you know, I'll write like these short 30 second jams. Yeah. And that way, you know, I could practice them and then, if I need to do a hundred takes, whatever, it's 30 seconds, just play it again and again until you get it, you know, right. it's kind of like a, it's just like a mini challenge, uh, kind of like the I Olympics like or idea. something. <laughs> <laughs> I made this video called uh, finger twisters and that was like my first experience of uh, like a video going sort of viral, you know, it wasn't like awesome. mil millions of views, but it was like hundreds of thousands of views, which I had never experienced before with one of my videos. And it's like, hmm, you know, people are liking this. Maybe I should do it again. I started working on more and more of these videos and uh, doing, you know, longer pieces and covers and stuff like that. And um, after maybe a year of doing that, I decided that I want uh, a custom built controller because the I found like with the pads uh, that I was it was it was easy to like uh, just brush against the pad and like trigger a note that you don't intend to trigger, you know. Yeah. Uh, so it, um, I kind of felt like I wanted something that, that had buttons instead of uh, pads. Um, so I I, uh, I kind of asked around, I asked some friends if they know anyone who can build um, a MIDI controller. And they referred me to uh, Matt Moldover, who's super, super talented uh, creator. He's a musician, a really good musician. And he builds these gadgets and, and MIDI controllers and stuff. So that's awesome. He, so I reached out to him and, uh, and he agreed, you know, um, and, uh, we kind of, you know, brainstormed for a while, try to figure out what the best design would be. So, uh, I ended up just buying like the, the mini keyboard, the Akai mini keyboard, but without the pads and, uh, set that to him. And then he added this whole other 
part of it with uh, uh, arcade buttons. And do, do, I, I, do you have it handy? I do. Uh, let me. Uh, it's velcroed to my uh, keyboard. Let me get it. Right. There, there it is. That's so cool, man. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, the keyboard part is an existing product, but this whole thing up here, like he added it, and he kind of, you know, he connected everything into one instrument. That, that looks like, amazing. It looks like a, you know, like a, a, a polished final product. Like it yeah, I mean, he's cool. he's fantastic, and there's like it has its own USB out. So there's USB out for the keyboard yeah. and USB out for these. That's um, awesome. And I did uh, forego like uh, velocity sensitivity for this because the arcade buttons they don't have velocity. But I kind of realized that I don't really need it because I'm a uh, because if if I'm playing bass, uh, then I can't lift my hand high up the keyboard. You know, so it's hard to like hit them hard anyway. With right. A lot of force. So it's better to, for me not to have velocity. But what I do is like I have a lot of buttons, so I can have like three of them set to trigger the same hi-hat right at different velocities yeah yes i can have i can still have some like dynamic response or i can work with like a like a pedal or something you know right so there are workarounds it's not perfect like you know i would i would love to make like a a a mark (laughs) two yeah i was just gonna say like a v2 of that (laughs) we call it the arcadia so like a, a version two with with like you know something fancy or maybe like there's like a velocity sensitive arcade button or something, but you know um, maybe in the future. For now, this works well for me, and uh, you know uh, these arrangements they're they're not easy. Like um, you know you see the final product, you see the, the the take that I nailed, and you're like, oh man, how does he do that? But you don't see like the of many course. hours of me messing it up. <laughs> so, <laughs> So, so it's, it's a, it's hard work and, uh, and you know, sometimes I can, I can get, I can get them done within a few days. Sometimes it's weeks of practice until I can nail it. So it's, it's rewarding, but it's, it's definitely hard work. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's good to like, kind of like see behind the scenes what's going on, like, like hear you talk about it because like you said, and honestly, that, that was my perception, you know, like just watching your videos on like YouTube or Instagram, it's like he's just insane and he's just talented but again like you don't see the the 500 videos that you deleted from your phone before you got that one yeah. perfect one you know exactly and nobody thinks about that you just see the final product and be like oh this is amazing uh, yeah i mean it's kind of like when you see the athlete who's nailing that pole vault you know but right he had like 100 attempts before that where he, he did no it, it it's it, again it's like one of those things that i, I love talking about how people always see this like you know successful musicians and you you never think about like the like the road or like the the hard work that they put in to get to that point you only see them like at the pedestal performing in front of millions of people and you're like oh man like how can i ever uh, get to that point but like you just need to work really hard and practice a lot all the time if that's what you really want like and that's that's the way to get there you know yeah, and a lot of people don't realize that you have to really suck at something until you you're good at it. And many people are just too afraid to suck at something, so they don't even try. You know, absolutely. You, you don't just wake up in the morning and oh, you're great at playing an instrument or whatever, <laughs> or great at producing, or great at mixing, or anything really, or even cooking. You know, like you you have to make a lot of really bad stir fries until you. <laughs> Until you nail that one, and then you invite yeah. friends over, and they're like, "Oh my god, you're an amazing cook!" You're like, "Yeah, exactly." If you saw the amount of food I threw away, like, <laughs> yeah, or I ate it, but it was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's really true, and it, honestly, it's so inspiring to to hear like other musicians also like share the exact same challenges and kind of the exact same steps along the way of like yeah I, i've sucked for years until i became good at something you know and it's like i mean i think that applies to everyone maybe not jacob collier but he's the only <laughs> one but he's like uh crazy what do you use when you produce like your own music like do you just use hardware gear or do you also use uh, like a daw like a digital audio well work cubase uh, i use cubase um, okay you do as well right uh no right now i'm I, i'm an ableton user okay ableton yeah i've I've thought about making them the the jump to ableton but i've 
I started using Cubase, you know, when I was a teenager and I'm just, I know it so well. Exactly. Yeah. That it's been hard for me to make the switch. Uh, so I'm still with Cubase and uh, I do use a lot of hardware synths because I love, uh, I love actually playing something physical, you know, I love the yeah. tactile feel. Absolutely. Uh, I love, I mean, I, I feel most inspired when I don't have too many options because sometimes with software, it can get too insane, you know? Oh yeah. Like, uh, you open a software synth and there are like a million parameters and you, where do I even start, you know? But like you play like a, a Moog synth and two oscillators, a filter, you know, it's like really simple. Plug it into a pedal that has three knobs. Right. And, and now make music with that. And that's like, that's really inspiring to me because I, I stopped thinking about the technical aspect of it. And I just feel like I'm playing an instrument, just like when I play a piano I'm not thinking about the hammers and the strings. I'm just playing, you know? Right. So that's what I love about hardware. Um, but I do use software, uh, of course, as well. I think for mixing, it's it's great. Yeah, you know? you're going to have to. Yeah. Like, kind you're not like, going to sit there with, like, a, a hardware mixer and try to, like, master your track. Like, no. Well, I'm some serious. people do, and they, they do awesome stuff, and that's cool. But, yeah, that's not for sure. me. Like, for me, the mixing is less about... Uh, being inspired it's more it's more technical you know it's just like right zone in focus and figure out how to get it sounding the way you want so for mixing and also uh you know effects and and stuff like that um i do use some software synths as well like i i have a omnisphere which i think is really good and a few others that i use so yeah i kind of mix both of them yeah i definitely feel you on that uh when you said you know, the, the less you have, the more you're kind of like able to do. Because even like myself, sometimes I sit down, like, you know, I get like a new like software synth and I open it and then like an hour goes by and all I did is just uh, like sample different presets and just yeah. kind of like see what this, this synth is all about. Like, yeah. Tweak a little parameters, see what they do. And then like, exactly. like I don't actually do any any actual work and they're like oh man I, i'm tired you know like this is yeah exactly too long. and when you just limit yourself it's which is kind of like a cool uh challenge to do with yourself just be like hey i'm just using this one like tool this one mm -hmm. you know like the the mother 32 for example and then like try yeah. to make an entire track just by using that right yeah and it, it gets you like thinking outside the box gets you like more creative because you're limited you know, if I just mm -hmm. give you a hammer, be like, hey, like, go build something. You're going to like start be creative. Like, OK, what can I do with the hammer? Yeah. But you know, if I give you a, a toolbox with 100 tools, you're like, I don't know what I'm building because I have exactly. so many options. Yeah, that's a good uh, analogy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, I think uh, I think with a gear, uh, gear can get very addictive as well, <laughs> as you know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I've, I've made the mistake of like buying too much gear. Uh, and getting into that same problem where you're spending most of your time either learning how to use new gear or researching your next piece of gear or, Absolutely. you know, yeah. And no, uh, it, it's very true. It's, it, and it's an actual, like, it, it is a problem. It's almost like an addiction, like in, in, a, in like the best way possible. Like if you were going to be addicted, think, yeah. If you're going to be addicted to something, I think like buying like musical instruments is probably one of the best options. <laughs> you know, yes, yeah. depends how you look at it. But <laughs> yeah. I want to ask you uh, really quick, if you can talk about it, uh, about your collaboration with T-Pain. Because yeah, sure. that was probably like a, like a big moment for you, I'm assuming. Uh, I, sure. I don't know much about it, so I would love to hear a little bit more about that. Yeah, so... Uh... One of the videos, the first videos I made with this uh, drumming technique um, was actually kind of a demo of a plugin um, called Manipulator. It's like a vocal plugin where you can uh, sing and like harmonize yourself in real time. Is it by Infected Mushrooms? Well, yeah. Uh, well, it's a collaboration between uh, Polyverse, which is who are the developers, and uh, right. Infected Mushroom. So. Um, so I actually, they're, they're Israeli, uh, they're an Israeli company, and uh, they actually, they sent me the software. They asked me if I want to check it out, and I loved it. So I made, I wrote this short song using it, and uh, I posted it on uh, Reddit, which was kind of new for me. I wasn't really familiar with it, but some people told me, you know, you should post on Reddit. Um, so I posted it there, and then uh, it 
started rising up there in the you know in the pages um and uh uh t-pain commented on it apparently he's like a reddit user and he saw it and he wrote uh holy shit man this is amazing let's work together <laughs> that's awesome i uh, see this is why i love the internet man <laughs> yeah you love it hate it you know like good and uh, bad which uh which subreddit was that uh what what did you post it it was just our videos oh okay. like the main video subreddit i was like you know if i'm doing this i'm just gonna go nice. big <laughs> <laughs> and it did well you know it, it went up there in the uh ranks or whatever i don't know what <laughs> the reddit terminology yeah. uh yeah so it got upvoted and uh once t-pain replied obviously it got a lot of attention you know so he wrote uh hit me up so I sent him a DM through Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. And he replied and he said, yeah, man, that was cool. Let's do something. And so we chatted for a while. But then after a while, you know, he kind of stopped responding, <laughs> <laughs> um, which I kind of expected. I, you know, so like this guy must be very busy. And, you know, of course, yeah, I'm sure he means well, but maybe it's just not going to pan out. That's fine. So, um after a while, I was like, you know, I got to get his attention somehow. I'm not going to give up on this so quickly. So I took uh, his NPR Tiny Desk concert and I uh, it's it's like a stripped down uh, performance where he's just singing a few of his songs and he has like a keyboard player playing like a Rhodes patch. Um, nice. So I took just two minutes of one of his songs and I, I kind of jammed on it with my thing um, and I put that on Reddit. And uh, that kind of blew up. That like made it to the very first spot on the fr- front page. Like, oh wow, that's for, amazing! Like, for like a day, it was getting like hundreds of thousands of views, um, and you know, and that got his attention. And then he was like, <laughs> then he was like, okay, let's do this. You know, here's uh, my manager contact info. Talk to him. Let's set something up. So um, they invited me to like uh, spend some time with him in LA at a studio there that he was renting. He doesn't actually live in LA, uh, but he, he, he goes there all the time to work. So uh, I went to the studio there and we hung out for like two days. Um, That's so cool, man. And we recorded some stuff, but uh, apparently what happened was, uh, I don't know. He lost the recording somehow, or like his, the computer it was recorded on was damaged and everything that we recorded there was lost. Oh my God. Are you serious? Yeah, well, you know, that's that's uh, that's what he said. <laughs> and I right. believe him. Like he has no reason to <laughs> to go right. through all the trouble of doing that and then and then uh, lying to me. So I'm sure that you know, something like that happened. And uh for the next like three years, that was in two thousand and seventeen. For the next three years, I, I we were still like chatting on Instagram and stuff, and every now and again I'd send him an idea and ask him, you know, do you think maybe we could do something with this? And and his response was usually, yeah, this is amazing, but then like nothing would happen, you know? Right. So, <laughs> just a short while ago, like a few months ago, I've been working a lot on a lot of video game covers recently. Like one of my Metroid covers, like had this kind of hip hop vibe to it, and I was like, you know, it it would be really cool if a vocalist added something to this. You know, it could be rap, but it could be singing as well. You know, it needs something. It's just the me playing. It's kind of repetitive. I I felt like it was a little monotonous just with just as an instrumental. So, you know, I, obviously I sent it to him, but ha- expecting him to say like, nah, or whatever, or or not really doing it, but. Uh, but his response was like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. Let me let me do something with it. And within like a few days, he sends me like the files here. I, <laughs> I recorded um, my vocals and it's really amazing what he did. Like, you know, he added his harmonies and his in his signature style, the auto tune stuff and wrote new lyrics that are really, I think, witty and, and awesome. Oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah. All I ever did was put my all into it, put it all on my back. I never took the fall, now they all want me back. I never got the answers, now they calling me back. I'm feeling like I'm sad to got them all on my sack. I did the math on the I put the weight on them. That's so really cool, man. Fitting for the time. So, yeah. <laughs> so, um, I actually released it with a full album of all my, like, uh, my uh, YouTube video recordings and my covers and stuff. Um, and yeah, and, and I'm really glad it, uh, it ended up happening because he, he's an awesome guy. He's super, super nice and down to earth and friendly. 
That's so cool, man. Like I, this, this again goes to show like, you know, you have to be persistent, right? Like if you didn't like take the action, like that, like that scary action, Hey, you know what? Like I'm going to like, you know, keep pushing and I keep like reaching out and I keep putting stuff out and see if, you know, if something comes out of it, like none of that would happen. You know, you just, you have to push beyond the, the fear of, of failure or of yeah. rejection and yeah, just exactly. like do your thing. That That's so cool, man. I, I love that. <laughs> oh, thank you, man. Yeah, it was a huge honor for me, and uh, and you know we're still in touch, and it's uh, it's great. And he's a it's awesome because he's like he's become like a full full time Twitch streamer. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, so he's like a full time gamer now. <laughs> that's amazing. So it's, yeah. it's that's awesome how like people just adapt because like you know obviously like there's not a, lo- a lot of. Uh, musically related events happening right now you know people doing like you know zoom concerts and stuff it's like it's not the same yeah yeah so it's like you, you you gotta you gotta figure out what to do <laughs> yeah totally um what uh what do you think is like the the good and the bad of i guess like ga- gaining traction or like you know having like your videos go viral and kind of like like i said I, i've been following you for a while i think when I started following you, you were at like 3000 followers on Instagram or something. And now you're like, you know, you're like 20 something thousand. So it's like, you know, like you're growing in popularity and I'm sure you'll go even further than you think. And that's my, my, that's my opinion. You never know. You never know. So far, like the, I guess like the growth and like the popularity that you've experienced, uh, like what do you think is kind of like the, the positive and like the negative side of, of that? Yeah, well, you know, when I when I had my first uh, video, kind of successful video, I thought to myself, "Oh my God, this is it!" You know, I've made it. Like, <laughs> but then you kind of realize that uh, people have very, very short attention spans nowadays. You know, just because everyone's flooded with so much content, right? So yeah. you can have one video go viral, and then the next video you post be right back where you started. So. Uh, there's no guarantee just like because some videos are successful or some songs are successful, whatever it is you're making, you know, there's no uh, guarantee that the next one will be successful. So what I've kind of learned is that I need to ignore that stuff as awesome as it is, you know, uh, if a video does well or a song does well, then it's a really nice surprise for me. But if it doesn't, then it's fine. You just move on, make the next one. Um, but, you know, I think, like, if you're too obsessed with the numbers and and uh, focusing on that, then you're going to you're going to set yourself up for disappointment because, I mean, look at even like the the biggest creators, the most successful. If you look at their views or their or whatever on YouTube or uh, their Spotify plays, like it's not like a, a line that just goes like this. Right. It's it's like that. Yeah. You never know what's going to resonate with people or or what's going to resonate with the algorithm because that's kind of what decides <laughs> right. nowadays what people are going to, you know, uh, are going to be exposed to. So I can make a video on YouTube that sometimes does poorly in the first few days, but then the YouTube algorithm is like, you know what, we're going to promote this video. And then suddenly it starts getting all these views and I have no control over that. So, right. I'm just going to ignore that stuff. I'm going to create the stuff I love creating and that's it, you know. No, that's that's a good uh, way of thinking about it because I agree with you like being obsessed with with like numbers and like oh my god, how many people liked it or how many people watched yeah. it, how many subscribers I got. W- what are you really doing or like why are you really doing the thing that you're doing? Is it just so you can get attention or because you just love what you're doing and you just want to share it with the world and the yeah. views and the subscribers are like maybe like a nice side effect of, of what you're doing, you know? Yeah. And, you know, and, and you have to remember that these are real people. So, you know, oh, absolutely. Uh, the problem is when you get obsessed with like the numbers, uh, then uh, you're never satisfied because you always want more. Of <laughs> course. Know? It's kind of human nature. We're like, we're always <laughs> greedy, right? We want more and more and more. So, um so if one video gets a thousand views, you're like, and then your next one gets a thousand. You're like, why did it not get 2000? You know, <laughs> um, but then you, you remember, wait, these are 1000 people who sat down and watched my video. That's amazing. You know, some of them took the time to write a nice comment. Some of them, 
you know, are, are now uh, fans, are now uh, followers and stuff. So, you know, I, I keep reminding myself that even if I only had 50 people following me, but but they actually, you know, they're super supportive and they, they uh, motivate me to keep going, then that's awesome. So just, yeah. Yeah, it's, so just keep remembering that. I agree with you 100% that you have to think about like, hey, these are like real people. It's yeah. not just, you know, like a, like a integer on, on the computer. Like exactly. Thing. It's, it's an actual person. The, yeah. the number represents that person, but yeah, it, it is a person. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and uh, in the real world, like that's, that's when you're reminded of that the most, you know, when you go out and, or I'm at Nam or something and people stop me and like, Hey, I follow you on Instagram. Like that's, that's amazing. You know, then I get to know them and we talk. Um, so yeah, I think like with the internet, you were asking like what the problem is. I think in general, like there's this disconnect, right? Um, and especially in these times where with all the social distancing and lockdown. So it's, it feels like there's this wall between, you know, ourselves and, and other people. So, I mean, yeah, it, it's it, harder to connect for sure. Absolutely. Especially like making like new friendships and new connections, you know, yeah. it, it's it's much much harder now than it was you know a year ago like mm -hmm. you don't have any events you don't have any social gatherings you can't just go to like a guitar center and like talk to another synth nerd that's also shopping for his next piece of gear right now and then like make a make friendships like that it's yeah yeah so you gotta like you know you gotta think outside the box you gotta like connect with the people that do follow you or like, you know, if you get a new subscriber, like message them be like, Hey, like, thanks for subscribing, you know, like have like exchange a few messages because like, why not? You know, you never know what that might lead to in the future. And, you know, just be genuinely kind and nice to others. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. A <laughs> uh, couple more things that I wanted to ask you before we start wrapping up. Um, what do you think is your biggest challenge as a musician? Oh man, there are so many challenges. <laughs> <laughs> of course, but you know, if you have like a few, if it's not like something like yeah, elaborate. Feel free to to share more. Well, let's say um, on the like financial side of things, it's always a struggle just to because this world is so unpredictable. You never really know. You know, am I gonna make enough money to pay my bills this month or or not? You know, right. so that's uh, you know that's one side of it um on the more like a musical side of it i'm always like making life difficult for myself i'm trying to challenge myself put push my skills and my my uh my technique further so uh, there are always challenges um, <laughs> like i'm always working on stuff that's that's very difficult for me that's that i'm not comfortable with so and and i like that because it otherwise i feel like i would just get bored and maybe become complacent, you know? So I like to always kind of push myself to go further, but you know, I'll probably at some point like hit a, hit a ceiling because <laughs> you know, we're not getting younger. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I don't know, man, like I feel like the ceiling is, is way, way higher than, than we think. Like, and it's, it's really inspiring to hear that. Like you, you find that, passion or that power to do or try things that are challenging for you you know like i feel like most people would never even try that again going back to like that fear yeah. of failure yeah. or you know try it once and be like oh no it's like you know that's too too hard or too difficult i can't do that and just give up uh, but like keep keep doing the, the things that, that are hard that's what's gonna get you to like that next level you know what i mean yeah so yeah. Like it's it's inspiring to hear you that like you're actually doing that. I think my favorite artists are those who are always pushing themselves to come up with you know some something new and and uh, and are not just like repeating themselves over and over. Right, you're just being innovative. Yeah, exactly. And then like, exactly. oh wow, that's cool! Like like nobody ever thought about it. And then like, all of a sudden, everybody else is doing that. You know, it's like you like start a trend or like start a new movement or start like a new thing that that people start doing and just like. Hey, I started that. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, I'd, I'd say another challenge is also uh, um, going back to like the social media and, and stuff like that. Um, because everything is so algorithm based, um, 
I feel like these algorithms really reward music uh, and art in general that is not really innovative. Let's put it that way. Like, like if you fit a certain mold, um, then I think you will do better than if you're actually doing something different. So I think that's a challenge because it's always like there's this side of it that's kind of tempting you to, you know, I'll just make some like easy listening, lo-fi hip hop, and I'll get like a billion streams on Spotify because right. that's easy, you know, and then the algorithm knows, oh, this is lo-fi hip hop. I'm going to put it in all these playlists. But if you're making music that's like, you know, like one track is like this and the other track is like this. And I think that's a challenge for sure, because then like the algorithms don't really know what to do with it. Yeah. You bring up a very interesting point. It it kind of like, on one way, the older like algorithms make it that so that it's easy because you have basically like a recipe of like what you need to do in order to mm-hmm. be like successful or in order to like, you know, be like ranked or get more streams. So it's like, hey, if I follow these steps, you know, I'll I'll get to like a certain like degree of, of exposure and whatnot. But on the other side, like, hey, I, I don't want to do any of that. I want to be myself and I want to do my own thing. But then like just like you said, the algorithm looks at it, analyzes it, and like, uh, unexpected error occurred. I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> Throws it out of the window and you get like three views and you're like, what the hell? Like I worked a week on this and that's so cool. But like, why why isn't it not getting uh traction? Yeah, for sure. And, that's and you so know what? Cool. I, I don't I don't blame people who who make music that you know that they know is gonna be successful. That's totally fine, you know. Like uh, Of course, yeah, like, there's no right or wrong, but it's just yeah. like the the system rewards like only one specific like kind of like niche right and like if i just want to like create like experimental modular synthesis and it's like it's only gonna like you know fit to like a very specific crowd that's like specifically is looking for that but i'm not gonna get exposed to someone who's just listening to like you know top 40 or like you know like just something that's like popular like they, they will never see or hear that yeah uh, makes it hard to like get get in front of the eyes and the ears of of of, of new people, of new fans, new potential yeah, so, fans. <laughs> yeah. So there are definitely a lot of new challenges, but uh, you know, we're we're. Uh, I think as long as you love what you do, then you just keep going and and you try to forget about all that other stuff. Are Are you working on any uh, interesting or cool projects right now? Um. Well, I'm always working on on. Uh, you know, new arrangements for, for YouTube videos. And I am, uh, I do want to start making like, uh, uh, different kinds of videos where I kind of share my process. So I'm, I'm going to start doing that as well. And, That's uh, exciting. Kind of like a tutorial. Yeah. yeah. But more focused on like the creative side of it. So, you know, I'll create something, but you get to see the whole process something like that, you know, like behind of, the uh, scenes. Yeah. Something like that. So I'm going to start uh, trying that kind of thing. But, you know, I'm, I'm always working on new stuff and I'm, I'm always working with other people as well on uh, on their own music. I record keys for people. Um, I'm going to be doing like this virtual tour with Todd Rundgren, uh, who I play with. Uh, so we're going to be spending a couple of months in Chicago doing a show every night. But it's going to be... Uh, uh, geo-targeted so only people from one location will be able to watch it every night that's so and cool interesting concept yeah so i'm looking forward to that uh definitely hit me up when you're in town though like i would love to to like hang oh out that's it. right that's right you're in chicago for sure yes i heard it's gonna be freezing and uh, and uh yep February, so, March. Yeah. <laughs> that's the best time to come visit <laughs> no <Right>. it's not <laughs> uh and last thing, um, any tips or advice that you want to share with the world? Uh, do your dishes. Don't let them pile <laughs> up. <laughs> you know, then it just gets nasty. And, you know. Nice. No, <laughs> no, my, my, no, sure. <laughs> my biggest tip would just be, like, if you want to do something, just go for it. Because just do it, you know. And, and be prepared to fail at it for a long time. And that's cool. And and I'd say, like, stop worrying so much what other people think, because 
you know, no one really cares as much as you do. <laughs> that is very true. It, we tend always... to think like, you know, yeah. oh my God, if I do this and I'm going to be bad at it, everyone's going to hate me or whatever. <laughs> no one cares. People are just going to move on with their day, you know? So, so just go for it. Just do it. I love it. I, I, and I think I actually mentioned something like that in like one of my previous podcasts that like, if you start thinking about like the failure and the the, the doubt and the fear as just a, a, like part of the process, it becomes so much easier because it's as if you're like expecting that when, when you before you even start. So like when that comes, you're like, okay, cool, yeah. Now it's you know it's it's my self doubt, you know, stopping me. Yeah. So you kind of like you're aware of it and you just kind of like let it go and you just keep going. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it's easy. Like you know, the inner critic is always there it's always there telling always, you you're not good there. enough <laughs> yeah uh you have to kind of like learn to just just tell him to shut up and i'm like you shut up yeah. <laughs> get out of here i don't want to yeah. talk to you <laughs> awesome well thank you so 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 much i thank really you, man. appreciate you for like agreeing to to come on here and just like you know again like it goes to show, you know, I, I didn't know like, if you're going to reply to me or if you're going to like say yes or no. You know, I just went for it. Like, I really like the things that you do and you inspire me. So I'm like, hey, I'm just going to you know, DM you on Instagram and kind of like see where, where, it, where it goes. And like, here well, we are glad, recording I'm the glad, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, man. I, I appreciate you inviting me. This I had a good time talking to you. Awesome. Thanks so much. And yeah, I, I'll leave all the all your social stuff in, in, in the description and yeah, like please go follow follow glasses because yeah, he, he's just amazing. And if you like anything musical and anything cool, he's the man. Ah, <laughs> uh, thanks, dude. Thank you so much. All right, see y'all in the next one. <laughs>